Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Pack filler. I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hudson. Welcome to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast, home to every bad or dumb ass who's ever straddled a top tube. You can be a part of the show on Facebook, Twitter, or dumb old email at info at packfiller.com. Listen while working, training, or just sitting and sipping a cold one. And now your hosts, Pat Bulger and Mark Hodgson. All right, here we go. Oh, crap, it's the off-season. My training is starting to thin. My workout schedule is starting to look like Tyler Farrer's list of wins. Sorry, that was an S at the end, but it was all I could really do to figure it out. I'm actually drinking IPAs, and certain ones are killer. Keep this up, and I definitely won't even be. Yeah, that's Mark's supposed to come in and see. He's supposed to say pack filler again, but as you can probably tell, Mark is either... Um, actually, he's home from Hong Kong, but he is uh, he's on his recovery phase from Hong Kong. I'm sure he's just walking around with all his new suits on, trying them and trying everything like that out, and you know, just seeing how he looks, you know, checking out his ass in the mirror and all those sorts of things. In the Pack Filler Studios, I am Pat Bulger, another ABM show, which I am now calling... There, I'm going to just call them ABM shows. So for those of you in the know who are actually listening to this episode, you're going to know what ABM stands for for the rest of the podcasting life of this show. ABM, all by myself. I'm all by myself again, you guys. Um, you know, I think Mark's just coming down from those highs. The emails were starting to stack up. People kept asking all these kind of strange questions, or if, just like many other podcasts on the air, if we've just become sort of a defunct thing where the show is no longer in existence. Well, I'm telling you folks, we are, we are still in existence. We're still bike riding. Well, at least, at least I am. <laughs> Don't tell anybody, Mark. No, I'm not going to bitch on Mark. So, um, um, glad to be glad to be back. It's been a it's been a little bit of a spell since the show, and I I can honestly take a lot of the blame for that for myself because, you know, here I am. I uh, you know I have this entire studio. Is it in, is it in Mark's house? No, it's in it's in my house. And if you didn't know that, yeah, yeah, 
we're, we don't, you know, it's not like I'm buying, renting space or something like that for crying out loud. No, we have a studio right here in um, what my wife would love to have is a uh, an extra room, but I've slowly taken it over. My, you know, my son and I have taken it over. The bikes are here. This is where I, my Sufferfest torture chamber is. This is where the drum kit's set up, where I got my record collection, my, my, my vinyl, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, yes, I know. You can probably think to yourself, yeah, yeah. He's a real loser, and um, you'd be you'd be pretty close to it. But um, so it's it's nice to finally be back into the studio talking about some things. And um, I say to you, hell no, as long as there are people who simply race for the love of it or just to get their asses out and ride to be punished by others. There will always be pack filler. We represent the nameless, faceless people in the pack, the pack filler. Um, and speaking of which, speaking of representation, definitely got to thank some sponsors. Thanks to Road ID, as usual. Please go to our site, packfiller.com. Use the Road ID link. Get yourself identified so um, they can put something pretty on your... No, that's depressing. I won't say that. <laughs> I don't think Rhode Island would want me to say that. Whoops. So, um, so they can they can get you to the hospital on time, and if you get in a bad wreck or something like that, or if you bonk, you can look at your wrist and you can figure out what your own name is. That type of thing. So, thanks to the Rhode ID for being involved with the show and continuing to be absolutely awesome with us. And of course, I could not do a podcast without thanking to our oldest sponsor that's been with us for a very long time. Uh, thanks to the Sufferfest, Dave is planning in more horrid ways to send in oxygen debt in the comfort of our own homes. And a new video he's going to have coming out here pretty soon entitled, It Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time. So what does that sound like it's going to be? From what I'm understanding, it's going to be even more torturous and long as hell. This is going to be I, I I don't even know if I'm correct on this 100%, but I'm thinking two hours of an indoor video, which just, oh man, I you know I don't know about you, but I cannot uh, the indoor sessions. I'm loving the Sufferfest and I'm loving Trainer Road and things like that because most of their workouts are tailored to that hour shift, and um, I can do that. I can make it through an episode of Breaking Bad or I can make it through a Sufferfest video, and and do the workout of corresponding, but. Um, Two hours is going to be brutal, but I think I think it's going to be epic. So uh, you know his. If you've ridden any of the Sufferfest videos, you'll know that they're 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 not easy. You do not walk away from those things happily. Uh, cyclocross training programs they also have are out. A great way to stay motivated in in the winter. Hint hint. We're going to talk about some of those things in the show today. Um, cyclocross. The plans. If if you've never tried cyclocross, we're already in the midst of the season today. Being um, October 14th, and which means, you know, things are already going in your area unless you're in Australia and it's starting to get sunny and nice down there, which really pisses me off about you guys. But I'm uh, sorry, beer sip here. So usually I have Mark to fill in during that time, but um, not so much. So you might hear occasional pauses or something like that. And uh, But the cyclocross plans are, are really good. They're really tailored for people who can kind of fit them into your schedule. So go try those out. Um, and I have to mention, considering with our partnership with um, the Sufferfest Tour of Sufferlandria is officially out and scheduled for January 25th to February 2nd. I know you're thinking ahead to yourself. Why is he talking about this so far? Well, book it. It's one week, January to 25th to February 2nd. No, not February, February. Let's spell it right there. And um, you're doing at least one video every day. It is an amazing experience. If you've ever kind of been interested in getting into this Sufferlandria type of thing, becoming a member of the proud 
residents of Sufferlandria. This is an awesome way to do a, a great wintertime workout week, something to actually get ready for and psyched for. For those of you who live in areas like me where it's absolutely crappy during that time of year, unless you're a skier, which I, okay, I'm a skier, but if you want to get any kind of cycling-based thing going on, this is awesome. Uh, start off with some videos, build your library, get ready for that event. It is a lot of it is a lot of fun. I lost seven pounds in that week last year, and yeah, I know what you're thinking. Holy crap, this guy's a fat tub, maybe. But I lost seven pounds. I mean, and that really kicked off my race season for one of the best seasons I've had in a long time, at least in my later adult years. My I have a job and a kid adult years. And it's it's awesome. It's it's a lot of fun. And I'm you know, it's not like Dave's writing me a blank check to say these things. So I I, I promote the products because I believe in them, and I think they're a lot of fun to do. So uh, get ready, start preparing yourself, and get on with those. Personally, I'm thinking of trying out the uh, the Sufferlandrian Knighthood, which means you have to do ten videos back to back. Yeah, that's that's on your trainer for give or take about nine and a half hours. <laughs> I'm full of shit. I'm not going to really do it, but I'd love to do it. I'd love to be able to see if I could pull it off. It could be absolutely intense. Um, and the Pack Filler podcast is going to be one of the, I'm going to call it the unofficial official podcast of the Tour of Sufferlandry. In other words, I'm going to be likely one of the only show hosts doing every freaking stage. So send us your thoughts, your moments, your fears along the way. I've had a couple people through the Facebook group from last year talking that they're just going to basically record themselves vomiting and send it into the show, which could be a lot of fun. So, um, you know, nothing like the sound of vomit to really help those reciprocal vomiters um, once again pay it back in full. Uh, but it's it, it's good. We're going to be doing short little audio clips. We're going to have uh, like a voicemail account set up. We're going to have, we're going to be taking, uh, you can record your audio clips on Facebook and send them to us. Just thoughts along the way and, and see if we can all make it through and, and help each other get it through. There's usually a little bit of attrition where some riders, you know, they'll start off. You do it on trainer road. Some of the lot, some people don't do it on trainer road, but some do, and you can see the numbers dropping off as the week progresses. Either the excuses kick in, or life gets in the way, or something like that. And so I think it'd be a lot of fun to have a podcast, just keeping people motivated. So we'll be talking about that throughout, and um, and getting getting things hyped up as soon as as we get closer and closer to January twenty fifth, being as it's only October right now. I think we got a little time. I think we got a little time. Uh, so speaking of that, um, I recently announced the Corps de Fondo and Corps de Lane. I want to give those guys a little bit of credit where credit is due. Great event. Uh, the, we're going to be talking a little bit about Fondos in the show today. I, I've been getting some interest in talking about some of the races and what's going on with that. And the Corps de Fondo in its second year, um, great event, a lot of fun, wet as hell. It was absolutely the worst conditions shy of springtime in Robay. Um, absolutely epic. It was a wall of water. Um, many full Fondo riders, people out there doing 108 miles, rolling to hilly terrain and just absolutely drenched. Um, I did see a Sufferlandrian in the pack. and Well done, you freak. Because this was just, I, it. oh God, this is one of those days that really would turn you off of the sport if you weren't tro totally in your Belgian mode and just a badass. 
because to do 108 miles is one thing, but to do 108 miles in a, just a downpour the whole time, I don't think it le- it let up almost the whole time. It was you know it was spit rain sometimes, but there were times where it was that you know that just sheet of water come down, and it was just it was epic. And and the numbers were up, and they had good finishers. So um, you know if you've never done a, uh, an event like that before, that Fonda was pretty cool. It looked it was looked like it was a lot of fun. Also, uh, definitely want to say something out to the folks at Tri Freaks for the great final edition of the Grand Columbian Triathlon in the shadows of the Grand Coulee Dam um, in Coulee City. Great event, fun place, really supportive community. Unfortunately, dwindling numbers, and it just it just doesn't have the mustard to go anymore, and that's too bad. Um, maybe it's because of their announcers. Because I've been I had been announcing that event for probably the last God I'd say almost seven years, and uh, I was sad to see it go. But sometimes that shit just happens, and you know the things change, and and there we go. You know, according to the race director himself, many events selling low numbers, lower numbers this year, and um, maybe you're counting to specific things. So, um, and that's where it's going to bring us. I'm going to just jump right into the topic today because um, I had. After talking with the the guy Stefan from Tri Freaks, puts on a great series of events throughout the year, and he said he's had some events and he's talked to other race directors who've seen a little bit of a dip in some of their numbers, and you know you can't necessarily attribute it to the events themselves or the directors themselves, because I know I do a lot of different events throughout the year and I've seen some that are holding steady and some that are not. And what is it about it that is causing a decline in racing? Uh, triathlon numbers, I'm, I'm going to say are down, uh, you know, although, you know, Ironman Kona happened this last weekend. That's always a freak fest. The entire Island of Kona. I, mean, I think they had enough body here on the entire Island to make one person, um, and probably enough um, lycra to clothe one person. <laughs> I just saw a lot of pictures of people who completed Kona, who were, who were getting ready for Kona. And um, and uh, Bic Razors or whoever is making a fortune off of the triathlon community because nobody, I mean, I, I think I've seen more chest hair on, on women than I have on most other people attending Ironman Kona. And... Um, I bet you beer sales were down, but razors purchases were up just in case because everybody everybody's just smooth as a duck's ass. But it's just I don't know. You know, you gotta have a little fuzz, don't you? Oh well, triathlon numbers are down. Junior cycling, let's be honest, kind of blows. But um, yours truly is making sure that junior cycling's got its way back. The 2G1D Devote team is underway. We've got some riders, and we're going to be starting doing that. If you want to you know, get involved, drop us a note. We're going to get that going. Um, you know, I'm, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm still seeing some junior cycling numbers that are down. Um, mountain races kind of struggling. You know, I think mountain, mountain bike racing had a huge heyday, um, you know, ending probably about seven, eight years ago, and it's been f- trying to... S- bring itself out of it, but it seems like it's, it's, it's having a tough time with it. It's struggling with it. Um, road events that I'm seeing steady stream of old white guys. And I, you know, what is, what is happening to racing? I'm talking, not talking about riding. I'm talking about racing. Um, 
And I got a couple theories, and I want you, I want you to tell me what you think of my theories, all right? Let me pause for a sip. And this stupid mic stand. Remember this one? Yeah, there it is again. Budgets are down. No, it's, I just, I don't want to stick with this mic stand because, you know, I'm not going to let it beat me. Theory number one on why potentially racing, not again, not riding, racing is, is suffering. And I'm talking about cycling. I'm talking about triathlon. Maybe more cycling than I am about triathlon because as you guys have, oh yeah, as you guys have known, um, I'm more of the cyclist in this in this show. Mark's got a cycling background, but he he knows a good amount about triathlon. I announce a lot of triathlons, but I don't necessarily compete in a lot of triathlons because I have body hair and I don't like swimming. And running really bugs me too, especially oh Jesus, this is off topic. Well, it's kind of off topic. I I think I talked about it in an earlier show. I crashed in a mountain bike race earlier this year. And I, I, it was that enduro, and nobody ever stops to tell you that enduro does not have anything to do with endurance. It's just douchebag downhill after downhill after downhill. And if you're not into that sort of thing, um, you really shouldn't sign up for an enduro if you really don't want to go downhill super fast. I like going downhill at a reasonable fast, but not when I'm worried about you know some guy who just put out a cigarette and has a mountain bike you know with more shocks than my truck and he, you know, just hauling ass downhill and doesn't give a shit because his, you know, his THC high is still high enough that, you know, he could bounce his head off a rock a couple times and still walk away. You know, kind of a Keanu Reeves guy chasing you down. Okay. Just think about that. I'm right behind you, dude. No, that kind of bullshit. And, and I crashed in this enduro on this descent and hit my head, hit, you know, Basically trashed a helmet, lost my GoPro, which really pissed me off because now I got all these GoPro accessories and no GoPro to go with it. So I can't document all my real cool rides. But um, I it crashed hard on my hip. And you want to know when, you, when you're getting old. I crashed in June. Okay, It is October. I crashed in June and my hip is still sore. I was I just drove my kid two and a half hours to a soccer tournament last weekend. I could barely get out of the car. I looked like I had a wooden leg for the first five steps. And uh and it's just it God, it really sucks. So anyway, Enduro, I think it's just oh God. So and you know, and that, I don't even know what I was talking about. But theory, theory number uh one is is dealing with the fact that the sheer number of events are huge, okay? I think this is what's happening to racing. My theory number one is, in fact, that over the last several years, there have been so many new events added to the calendar, um, especially triathlon. I mean, triathletes, you could probably agree with me. You've looked at the calendar, and it is, let's let's be honest, it's probably quadrupled in the last five years, um, especially the last three years where you've got, Everybody with a body of water putting on some sort of a triathlon nearby, and um, and it's just flooded the market. I think I think triathlons have have just oversaturated themselves, and now you've, you're getting to that point where people are only picking one or two or three. And I'm I'm not I've talked about this on the show, and I'm glad Mark's not here because I can finally get a free avenue to just bitch about this. I think triathlon entry fees are absolutely insane. I think the amount of money you people are willing to pay 
to swim and bike and run is is through the roof. Now, do promoters have to put an event on? Are they trying to make a living? Yeah, they are trying to make a living. I don't think they're trying to gouge you. I don't think they're trying to, you know, I don't think they're Mr. Burns sitting back and making all this money. Mm-hmm. Triathlon. No, they're not. They're but they they want to make enough money to probably keep the lights on for next year, make it viable to do all this crap. Um, and I but I think I think entry fees are absolutely insane, and that's that's part of the theory. Sheer number of events is this first one. I think bike races. I don't know if there's been an absolute influx of bike races, at least not around my area. Again, I'd love to hear from you guys and tell me what you think. Have bike races grown? Have there been? a huge amount of new additions of bike races are people converting over to triathlon and leaving bike racing. I, I honestly say that a lot of them have for the past five years. I've known a lot of bike racers who tried, <laughs> try try. They have tried it out just to see what they think about it. Uh, most of them come back because of the whole sh- no sleeves with arm warmers thing. They just see people like that and they just cringe and come running back into the arms of cycling, warm, motherly arms of cycling. But no, um, I think that. So, theory number one the sheer number of events, especially in terms of triathlon. Um, I think everybody's putting a marathon on. If you're talking about running, I don't try not to talk about running just because I can't, especially with my hip. It really hurts. Oh, my hip. Uh, so that's one. Tell me what you think about that one. If you vote for that one, I could see that happening specifically in triathlon. Okay. That's one theory. Number two, a friend of mine, Ted brought this up in social media and I, I've talked about it a little bit on the show and I'm going to recap rehash on this issue a little bit more weeknight racing versus weekend racing. Is weeknight racing killing weekend racing? Are people not as willing to travel anymore? Here it comes back to money. Are lower budget events on weeknights a better offer? Think about that. Are lower budget events on the weeknights a better offer? If I pay five bucks to race on a Tuesday, am I getting my racing fill? on that Tuesday enough to justify my not wanting to travel to a race on a weekend. I keep coming back to this. Are entry fees too much chasing people away? I think they are. And I think that promoters need to go and look at the overhead of their events versus the simplicity model. I would be interested in racing just for racing's sake. Okay. Um, I think keep your big fat entry fees for big fat prize lists. I I don't see the problem with racing for uh, my God, uh, the Arrive club that, that I'm a member of. We did a race. I mean, this was a while ago. It was one of those epic races back before gravel racing became popular that we actually had a climb epic climb in it which was gravel. Absolutely brutal. You know what the prize for that thing was? It was a can of Spam. A freaking can of Spam mounted on a wood block. And people would cough up a lung to win this can of Spam. I didn't hear them coming up afterwards and say, why didn't I get 300 bucks in a new set of race wheels? 
or where's my hat or where's my swag bag or anything like that. It was racing for racing's sake. And it wasn't expensive. I think the total race fee was twenty bucks or something like that. Now this is this is a while ago. So, but I enjoy the Tuesday night races because I can go, I can get it done, and I don't have the family thing to worry about. Do I like traveling? Yeah, I do. Um, is it easy to do? No, it's not easy to do. Cycling, and I'm again talking about this from a cycling's perspective, but I think a lot of triathletes experience the same thing, especially if you're one of the only ones doing your sport in the family. Packing up the entire clan to drive someplace to watch me go around a course over and over and over again isn't exactly the bonding experience I think my, my family would be looking for. So my options are get off work, go race on a Tuesday, cough up a lung, come home, sleep in the fetal position that night because my stomach pains are so bad from because I rode so hard, and call it good and go to work the next day. Or... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. try and club my family over the head and take them in the car with me for a weekend. Or unfortunately don't race at all because I've got to go to a soccer tournament or I've got to go to, you know, there's a freaking art show in town and my wife wants to go see it or anything like that. What are you going to do? Many times life gets in the way and cycling is becoming a sport for middle-aged white men who have familial obligations. And, What's it going to take to draw me away? What's it going to take for me to say, no way am I missing that event? I don't think promoters are getting it right now. Some of them are. And that's where I'm going to come to theory number three. Already on theory number three. Okay? The wussification of sport. In this country... I don't know what it's like in Europe. Maybe you guys can tell me if you're listening to it over there, which some of you are. Thank you. G'day. We have this trend. Let's, let's pick one of them in particular. The color runs. Okay? So for those of you who don't know what this is, congratulations. Stay in that tunnel. Protect yourself. Bring others in with you. Color runs is basically, let's take a 5K fun run. And at every 
mile marker, we're going to just throw color powder at you and you're going to laugh. It's going to be awesome. Oh, here he comes. I got the yellow. Poof. <laughs> oh, you got me with this blue. And I'm going to go over here and get the yellow and the pink and the green. And I'm going to finish my hair. It's going to be all fuzzy from the colors. It's like My Little Pony is your freaking race director. This is not a serious race. Okay, I understand that. and and that's. But I also see... Um, it, this turning into people's resumes, you know, and maybe this is why Americans are so fat. You know, they're considering an event that they're going out and doing a color run where they walk for 5K with maybe occasional jogging strides, or they call it jogging. Um, they're colorful, fast walks is all they are. It's like getting bitch slapped by a rainbow and enjoying it. And it probably smells pretty like you know, frankincense and mirror and, and finish and tastes like a Skittles. I hate those things. I'd love to announce them, though, because they probably pay really well because a lot of people are doing them. Um, the wussification of sports. And I'm going to include Fondo's in on this, folks. I think a Fondo is awesome. It is a great growth area for the sport, so don't get pissed at me because I'm bashing on a Fondo. Coeur d'Alene, guys, I love announcing your event, so don't get mad at me when I bash on the race a little bit. It's not a race. It's a guided tour. It is a, it is a, it is a timed guided tour. If Let's be honest. If food stops with cookies and plates are included, it's not a race. It is what it is. If you translate out Grand Fondo, it is a big ride. I think they're timed simply because they want to know how long they need to keep the finish lights op- on and open. Um, it's Yeah, it's cool. I, I, I'd do one. I'd ride one immediately. But I call it a ride. It's not a race. Okay? Um, and I think that is contributing to a little bit of the wussification involved here. Are people making the jump from fondos to racing? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think people are staying with Fondos. They're doing these tours all year round. It, and keep in mind, folks, I'm talking about the decline of racing and how racing as, as a genre is suffering. Am I bashing Fondos? Should people get out and be doing Fondos? Are people who would not normally be doing 100-mile rides doing them? Yeah, they are. Am I bashing Fondos? No, I'm not bashing Fondos. I'm just saying that what is that doing? Is that taking away people from the racing culture? Um, I don't consider a Fondo a race. I never will consider a Fondo a race. Uh, Don't get me started on enduro racing. I think it's just multiple downhills with cigarette breaks. God, I'm so pissed at that race. Um, continuing on with some of these things, the down and dirty events like those muddy buddies and the Spartan races, that's for running. That's those kind of like those adventure running races where people splash in the mud and get all filthy and ruin my shoes. And then you see that 10,000 people are showing up to the start of these things. They are all serious, legitimate efforts probably that they're putting out. But let's be honest, it's more of a group effort. You know, it's kind of that uh, Goruck thing. Goruck thing, I think, is actually brutal. I mean, those guys, that's talking about teamwork. That's like a military thing. It's a group effort. What's it doing for racing? I don't think it's 
I don't think it's racing. Okay, I don't know about the Gulruk thing. So uh, I have a pal who does that, and I'm going to have to ask him about it. Are we getting back to that time where we just we can't keep score anymore because, you know, I don't want to be competitive because I'm just out there to do it. Are we, are, you know, are we getting too fat to compete? You know, are people, you know, just want to jog or soft pedal while people throw pretty, pretty colors in the air? You know, are we, are we all competing at Candy Mountain? Or here's my next theory. Are we just getting bored? Think about this. If I race the same event multiple times in a year, many times it's with the same competition. Does the event get stagnant? Do we get to that point where an event becomes boring? Is that why these new events are, are why some of these new events are getting bigger crowds? Their new formats, their new experiences and pain. Think about it. If I'm only good at one type of racing, the last thing I want to do is attend a race that covers that kind of terrain that I suck at. I'm not going to probably come back. I did not do the Mount Spokane Hill climb this year because I suck going uphill. I'm not going to do that event. But if there's a mixture involved, maybe I might. If I had a tough time at a specific event, well, I can say the Grand Columbian because they're not doing it next year. It's a hilly freaking ride. The swim is pretty tough. It's you know it's just above the dam, um, and the run is is pretty epic too. If I am just if I keep doing that same course year after year, there's only so many times you can PR and not say you know screw it. I'm gonna go do this other one. New formats are coming out. These muddy buddies, these Spartans. I'm not saying color runs on it. Fucking color runs. Um, these new formats like those uh, gravel racing. I had I heard a guy at an event talk to me about the potential of putting on what he called a workday race. Okay, mountain bike races. We had the 24 hour format, which was huge about 10 years ago. Let's be honest. That's when it peaked. 10 and 8 years ago. Still doing pretty well, but it's not as big as it was because it's a hell of a commitment. 24 hours? Jesus. This guy came up with a concept. He called it a workday race. Okay, it's an eight-hour race. I can probably fit that into the day. It'd be epic enough um, if we put it in a pretty cool venue where my family could swim or play or do something else or go freaking pick huckleberries for all I know. Maybe they could have a good time while I'm, I'm suffering for eight hours. We finish, we camp that night, or we go get a hotel, or we go home, or whatever it is. That is a brilliant idea. The gravel racing is, is, is almost like stepping back in time and doing something that, you know, just over these rough roads. It's epic. It's harsh. And even cyclocross is one of those type of events. I, I, I can't believe cyclocross isn't having, and I think cyclocross is on the verge. You hear me now. Cyclocross is on the verge of a renaissance. It's going to have a huge comeback. I think there are going to be cyclocross type events bleeding over into the summer because all these formats I've been mentioning allow multiple levels of competition in which you're not ending up all alone, dropped, without any way to base your efforts. Fondos are, have figured it out. They're timing people just because 
Peggy Sue wants to find out if she did the hill faster than she did last year. You've got to be able to find an event that you can base your effort. Cyclocross is doing that. I don't think they're pulling riders in a lot of cross races. The workday races, the eight hours, I can compete, but I can also compete against my friends. Gravel racing, I'm probably just trying to freaking finish. But I can do all this stuff, and I can compete, and I can compete at the highest level or the medium level or the lowest level all in the same event without having to worry about it, without getting dropped. Road racing in particular you get dropped, you've just paid to go for a road ride. A lot of money. You've pinned a number on and you've paid to go for a road ride because you get dropped. I think racing needs to be placed in the hands of really creative race directors who change courses, change distances, and even formats. Why can't I put on a triathlon in this one area this year and then change the road course, the, the bike course, change the, the run course? Tweaking around. Is there anything wrong with that? Yeah, you're going to probably get people who go, oh, man, I want a PR. You know, the course is nine-tenths of a mile. Uh, no, not, you know, 0.8-tenths of a mile shorter than it was last year. I hate those douchebags. You see guys walking with their little, their little distance wheels. You seen those? You've been to a race where somebody's actually measuring the distance of your run course, and they go to the promoter, and they're pissed at him? God. I would hand the money back and just say, you know, please go someplace and put off. Um, but I think, I think you need to get creative with it. And I think these people who are, you know, if we, if we want to keep racing, not riding, racing, interesting, you got to be able to mix it up, okay? Run the course backwards one year. Most of these races are in a loop. Run it the other way. Tweak it up. Make it a flat race. The Tour de France changes every year. Why do you think it's been going for 100 years? Hell, Paris-Roubaix changes its directions. Sure, it still, include, still includes certain pave sections, but it'll tweak it up. It'll mix it up. Why can't you? People need levels of racing also to be able to help them improve, okay? So let's try and find a way to keep a competition within a competition. Americans are fat. They don't need walks, all right? They need to get that person ahead of them. They need to be able to chase, have, some, have a carrot for the chase, and see if we can do something like that. That is what I'm thinking. That is what I think is wrong with American racing. Do you think it's going to work? Do you think anybody's going to listen to me? No, I don't think anybody's going to listen to me. I haven't done a show in a month. Most people won't even find the freaking podcast. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, okay? And um, as I've said before, packfiller.com, info at packfiller.com. I would love to be able to hear some thoughts on this. I'm doing shows once a week here. And, uh, well, no, this time I mean it. I'm going to do them once a week. I swear to you. <laughs> I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm I'm good. I won't. I won't call your mom a whore. Um, but I'm. I'm. I want to be able to do shows once a week, even if they're shorter in length. This show probably isn't going to go for a full hour tonight. Um, but I want to hear your opinions on previous topics, so we can touch base on it a little bit more. So info at packfiller dot com, or we have a Facebook, we have a Twitter, all those types of things. Just, you know, hashtag uh, packfiller, or uh, get us uh, get on us at uh, Facebook 
and and tell me what you think because I want to know in your areas what is happening to racing. Is it dying? Is it succeeding? Is it is it being tweaked? Are people getting creative with their events? Because I think that's the key. The color run, I've got to give those people credit. They are creative. The zombie runs, where you've got people dressed up in zombie clothes and they're chasing you. Creative. Dorky? Yeah, but creative. And they're figuring it out. Fondos, they've been doing those in Europe for ages, but they're huge. The numbers are gigantic. The Coeur d'Alene race, even with the wall of water, way upped its numbers. It's on the growth. You cannot rely on the same triathlon you've been putting on every year. It's not going to happen. People aren't going to come anymore. They're going to go on and go to the new one. They're going to want to go to the one they can take their kids to. We got to kind of take Vegas's lead in this. You know, and take it away from Sin City and start making it a little friend, family friendly. So it'll be interesting to see if 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 anybody figures this out and tries to help help the sport grow. Um, can we get away from a stage race being a crit, a time trial, and a road race for for cycle for road cycling? I don't think so. Can we get away from a cross country versus and and a downhill and a circuit race kind of a concept with mountain bike racing i don't know i don't think so maybe we can mix up something in a weekend where we have a circuit race on one day uh nighttime or nighttime those nighttime ones at mountain bike races are fun um and an eight hour race the next day yeah we can start to tweak those things up but it'll be interesting to see how people try to figure out how to bring the race scene alive in a different way because I've been to a lot of road crits, folks, and they're not like they were in the Wheat Thins, Mayor's Cups days where you've got a downtown venue. You've got downtown whatever city closed off and, you know, eight, ten deep to watch a race. Um, it's not happening. Yeah, we have, okay, we have the Tour of California. We have the most generic stage race in Colorado ever, U.S. Pro Cycling Challenge. I still hate the name of that race. It just sounds like they were trying to describe it, and they just stuck with it. Um, those are great. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, where are we going? But how are we going to do this? So how do we build it up, and how do we make it more approachable for the average guy to come out and do it? Spend his weekend, put the family in the car, come out there and do it. Um, I think cross is onto something, and I think if somebody was creative enough to apply cross racing, even in the summer, it becomes all of a sudden this new blend and this new type of, ra- type of racing. People are going to have the gravel bikes because they're going to be buying People buying gravel bikes, so they're going to come out and they're going to do cross too. So, and that being said, I am at the point in the show where I want to mention a friend of mine. Um, and I'm not doing this; I'm not whoring myself out. I'm actually paying for this stuff. So, I want to want to uh, talk about a friend of mine, Glenn Copas, uh, who owner and builder of Elephant Bikes here in Spokane, Washington. I think it's ElephantBikes.com. Yeah, it is ElephantBikes.com. Steel baby, I've got two cyclocross. I'm calling them slash gravel bikes on their way. Uh, my son and I, I sold a car buying two bikes <laughs> and, um, yeah, I got rid of my, uh, my midlife crisis mobile, even though I haven't hit my midlife crisis. At least I don't think I've hit my midlife crisis. Maybe buying the bikes is my midlife crisis. Shit. Truth just hit me like a wall. Sold a, uh, a toy, a little fun little man car that I had for a while there. And, um, I'm buying two custom built steel. Pause for a minute. Steel. Oh, I love steel. And uh custom built, they're gonna be beautiful. And he's given me a he, he's 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 given me a component build up that doesn't make it too crazy, too expensive. And um 
I can't wait to see him. I dropped off the paint today. I had to order the powder paint because it's so cheap. And, you know, he does this deal where he sets it up where you pick a myriad of colors, some colors under the rainbow. And you just order them and, and you have it shipped to his house. I was too stupid enough to figure out the online form and I had it shipped to my own house. But I got these things coming and I can't wait to see them. And I will post some photos of them. Um, my son and I are both getting the same color because that was part of the deal. We both picked the same color and it's kind of Iron Man gold red it's it's the iron man red but it's kind of gold flakes in it or something it's going to be freaking awesome and um they're going to be beautiful i you all know if you've been listening to the show at all that i am a connoisseur of steel bicycles and i think steel i hope steel is prepared for the awesome comeback that it deserves is carbon a better material for a bicycle? It might. It might. I'd love to. I mean, I, I keep trying to get Glenn on the air, but he's he's a little too nervous. Microphone fear. Fear is of microphonists. Um, I'd love to get him on the show and talk about steel and why he still chooses to build in that in, with that form because me, I'm a firm believer in it. I think it's awesome. I think it's the way to get cycling affordable. I think it's a material that is just has a resilient beautiful feel when you're riding it. I think it, uh, yeah, weighs a little bit more, but you know, what are we trying to do here? You know, we're trying to get out there and be a part of the game. We're not necessarily trying to, you know, I, I don't know. My dad always said, if, you know, if you're, you're racing with a kid who's faster than you because his bike weighs a pound less, you need to do more fucking intervals. Um, so I, I hope steel makes its comeback and I hope it does come back. I think, I think it's a better material than aluminum. I think it's, I think titanium's had its day. Carbon is a beautiful material. Shit, it scares me when you crash it, though. That's it. You know, frames toast. You, you know, steel has no shelf life. It it will go forever if you take care of it. You can ride a steel bike forever. And so, um, I'll show you the pictures of these bad boys. They are just they're beautiful. We went over there. My my son and I brought our current bikes, got fitted up. You know. Stand against the wall, all those kind of contraptions. It almost felt like some sort of a, you know, he's creating a human centipede here shortly because we were being tested and tweaked. But it's going to be, and we're going to get two custom cross, I'm calling them cyclocross slash gravel bikes. The season is underway and I'm chomping at the bit because as I've probably, as I said at the beginning out of the podcast, my training is is kind of weak. Um, I'm doing the, the, as much of the, Sufferfest cyclocross plan as I can fit into a week. Yeah, you big baby. And uh, there have already been a good chunk of the cyclocross races in our area, and I'm just, oh, God, I've got to get out there. I want to go out there and try it. I haven't, folks, I haven't cyclocross raced since I was 17, and I am nowhere near 17 anymore. So it's going to be, I can't wait to get out there and just get my ass handed to me and just go out there and just bounce around and, and just have fun. I mean, that's what, God, I love. That's what I love about the cyclocross crowd. They're all fun people who just want to have a, just go out there for an hour and suffer and taste their own vomit and then have a beer chaser afterwards. And, um, it's going to be, it's going to be great. So big thanks to Glenn. He said he was working on the brazons. He was just finishing up those areas here recently. So, you know, bottle cages and who knows, rack mounts and stuff like that even. And, uh, and then I got the paint to him today. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be seeing something, you know, maybe by the next show, if, if, if we can get it, God, that'd be awesome. 
and uh, my 14 year old son and I are going to go out and beat around on him. And you know, he's he hasn't raced cross. You know, I told you guys in the show, he's he's just getting into racing. So we're going to go out and ride around a park and you know practice some dismounts and stuff like that. And just say screw it, let's just go out and race. Let's just see what happens. So it should be good. Um, the coaching certification, you know, is there. So we'll <laughs> we'll try and get a armada of kids out there racing. But I don't, you know, that's obviously going to take time. So. Um, but again, keep me posted. Tell me what you think. Tell me where, tell me if you've got any training tips or, uh, or cyclocross tips or, or perfect IPAs that I should have afterwards that don't taste like earwax. And I know I've complained about IPAs in the past and I'm, I'm trying to change my ways. People I'm trying to change my ways. There we are. A podcast. You finally got a podcast. And I apologize for the delay. Again, we're going to be trying to do these once a week. Be sure and track us down. Packfiller.com is our website. And um, info at packfiller.com. I've said that already, but I'm going to mention it again. I want to hear your thoughts on the on the decline of racing and hear it if it is how it is doing in your community, whether it be triathlon, whether it be road, whether it be mountain, or whether it be color running. Okay. In the packfiller.com studios. I'm Pat Bulger. Mark Hodgson isn't here. This was a solo ABM all by myself. We'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 